grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone? Cue the crickets. No, I know you're out there. You're just hiding. I know it. Especially with the, like, since if you're, if you're out of Sacramento and Northern California, it was a nice day today. And it was supposed to be hot. Let's hope tomorrow is a nice day. But anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. And I am also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 35, 45 strong up and down the state of California. So that means if you are in Manteca, let's say that like in the commercial, Manteca. If you're in Manteca or someplace down south, you know, near, near Southern California, we have someone that lives nearby and we can help you. Even if we're a couple counties away, we, we can still help you. So contact me via email at californiahaunts.org or californiahauntsradio.com or at Nextdoor or Facebook or wherever. All, all my stuff's public. You can send me hate mail. No, no, don't send me hate mail. But just contact me for help. And we will help. That's what we like to do. We like to help and educate. Just like tonight's show. Remember, I told you guys I'm a journalist, right? That's what I do. And... It's not always all paranormal all the time on this channel. We talk about other things, meaningful things, like what are they doing to our skies? If they're doing anything to our skies, or how about our food? Story I have is I worked out in Woodland, the Woodland paper for, for about five years. I was the city editor out there. And I had a lot of dealings with UC Davis. Now, there's nothing wrong with UC Davis. Okay, UC Davis is a great school. But they had this thing called DQ University out there. And what were they doing? Growing crops. And not just any kind of crops. I'm talking ginormous things were coming out of there. So what were they doing to the crops? And they tasted all right. I mean, who, who knows what I put in my body eating that stuff. But, but I mean, you know, it's stuff like that. They're, you know, I'm not saying it's UC Davis. Don't get, I don't get in trouble with anybody at UC, but it's happening all over. They're putting things on our food. They're putting things in the sky. You know, and then there's the company word about the sky. The sky is always the, we got to put stuff up there to, to bounce the, to, to bounce the radio waves off of blah, blah, blah. But who knows what it is, right? And I was telling you guys yesterday about, about, Looking up in the sky early in the morning. We never have a totally blue sky, ever. And there's a reason why. Because if you get up early in the morning, just after sunrise, and you look up, and there's planes up in the sky. And what are they doing? They're leaving these chemtrails. But they're not normal chemtrails. And they're not normal chemtrail patterns. They're doing it in, in like cross patterns, like, like a grid. Like a, like on graph paper. It's like a giant graph paper in the sky. What is that about? Right? 
Anyway, my guest tonight, Alana Freeland, is going to talk talk to us about that stuff. Maybe you know, let's let's learn something. That that's why that's why I have a show, and so that we can be educated. We'll come back a little smarter and a little wiser after this show. And I want everybody to behave themselves in the chat room. I already had a gentleman. The show hadn't even started. Edison and packing. I will send you packing if you start misbehaving in the chat room. Whether you believe in this stuff or not, everybody is entitled to their opinion. But there's no bashing. I won't allow bashing. Okay? I'll let you know ahead of time. Okay. So, quick announcement. Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Nancy Matz and I are going to be over on Facebook Live at the California Haunts Ghostly Events page. And we are going to be, sorry, okay. And we're going, she, she, not me, she's going to be doing five-minute readings for special readings. It's $10.99 for a five-minute reading. There's only six spots left. So if you want to do that, I suggest you go over the California Haunts Ghostly Events page and sign up. But believe me, in five minutes, Nancy Matz can spew everything there is to spew for your reading. She can talk that fast and she can put it together that fast. So it's a great event. So I, you know, if you're interested in doing that, head on over to the California Haunts Ghostly Event page on, page on Facebook. All right. Also, if you're watching from YouTube, Look down in the right-hand corner. There's a little ghost there with a magnifying glass. That's our mascot. Click on that to subscribe. We're looking for subscribers. The more, the merrier. There's not only shows like this. There's paranormal shows. There's, uh, like, for tomorrow, we're going to have a domestic abuse kind of thing. Abuse thing going on with uh, talk about sociopaths. So we're not always doing paranormal stuff. So there's a, if, you, if you look through all the videos on there, and there will be more than 200 starting on the 23rd. You're going to see, I think there's something for everybody over there, even for kids. All right. Also, if you're watching from Facebook, click click that follow button. Love to have followers on Facebook. Love to have people watching us. That's what we are. Ah, you're over at Twitch? Same thing. Click that follow button. We really appreciate it. Okay. Well, without further ado, I'm going to bring our guest in. She can tell you a little bit about herself, and then we're going to go from there. Here we go. Playing ice, guys. Hello. Hi. Did you say your name's Charlotte? Yes, ma'am. All right. Great. Yep. And I'm Ilana. Yep. <laughs> Welcome. Tell me a little bit about you, please. Well, uh, let's see now. All right. I've been doing this kind of work on geoengineering and what it really is for about 13 years. Uh, I've written three books on it, and I just finished my last book on geoengineering. I have pretty much taken everybody to where we need to go by tying the geoengineering and what's coming down on us and what we're breathing in and what's in the uh, GMO fields and what is going on with the inoculations. All of it is connected, uh, and um, I think I've taken it about as far as I can, and it's time for someone else to tell more stories about the geoengineering. Sounds good to me. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I do have other things I do. I'll mention, because since this show is so eclectic, yes. very nice. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I have written a series before I was doing uh, the geoengineering mm -hmm. called uh, Sub Rosa America, A Deep State History. And it's, it's in a fictional format to have some 60s people uh, heading on the mother road, uh, Route 66, from California to Dallas to see where John, President John F. Kennedy was shot. And a lot happens to them en route, which also messes with time. They're meeting dreamers. They're meeting dead people. They're meeting all kinds of people that are telling them the direction America is going in till when they arrive in Dallas, they've really changed. They were going to just live their little personal lives and ha, ha, ha. And by the time they get to Dallas, they realize that they really need to pay attention to what's going on in America. So, um, yeah, that's uh, four books, 1,300 pages over four books. And uh, I highly recommend it. It's, it's what I think is my magnum opus. Uh, but, but the uh, and there is geoengineering in it. There, there really is. Uh, in fact, it all started out with a dream uh, that I had in 1994. 1994, I had a dream one night in which, in front of me, were the huge, probably four stories high, numbers 2019, and they were on fire. Those numbers. And when I saw that date, I took it as a date, 2019. This was, remember, this is 1994. I said, that's how I'm going to start the book. I'm going to do a flashback of the one of the older characters. And I'm going to talk about how America is just coming down and everything is coming down. Uh, and uh, it'll start in 2019. And by the time we got to 2019, can you believe it? I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, please, please tell me it's not going to be 2019. And, of course, it was. And I, I still am in a real conundrum about that. I don't know where that came from, but it was as clear as, as day to me that I needed to bring up 2019 as the day that America goes down. So um, anyway, that's that's my writing career. And uh, I was a 60s person back in uh, the 60s. Uh, very proud of that. I'm, I'll be 75 this month. Who could believe I could get so old on the outside and still on the inside be as young as I am? But I'm very happy to have been a 60s generation person. Uh, it was... It was phenomenal. It was not like Time Magazine tells it that it was not just all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Believe me, we were political. We were uh, curious. We had long political and philosophical and spiritual discussions. Uh, we were um, examining what had happened in the three assassinations of John Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy. Um, we were we were spiritual seekers. We were looking for the meaning of life and what it really is to be human. All the deep, deep questions. Uh, it was fantastic, and uh, I pretty much 
was drug free uh, and uh, really was completely dedicated to developing a higher consciousness uh, regarding everything in life and, uh, and taking care of my body, which I knew the medical establishment, I, I stopped going there when I was 13 and figured out they were just making money off of sickness. Uh, and uh, so I, I studied Chinese medicine in my 20s and have been using Chinese medicine all these years. Uh, everything works, nothing hurts. And, um, and that's, I think that's about it. I live in a little apartment in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I definitely am a student of Rudolf Steiner. 45 years I've been studying Rudolf Steiner. He's sort of my, my trailblazer guide. Uh, and I was a Waldorf teacher for years. I've taught in public high schools. I've taught college level. Um, I got a master's degree in historiography at St. John's College in Santa Fe, New Mexico in my 40s. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. There's there's of course more, but right, but uh, that's that's enough for a starter. Well, I understand what you're saying about being of age and feeling young still because I'm there too. Oh, well, not as far as I am. I didn't say that. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm there too, okay? Yeah, well, I it's, wake up and I think I can't be that old. But what's really cool about getting older, at least for me, and I'm sure for you, is I I don't know, I, I just know more. And not just because of the time, but because I've really laid my consciousness down as a as a work ethic and as a an observer and a writer. I mean, um I just I, I love it. I, but you have to keep your health yeah. very, very, very important. It's, I think it's that old saying, too. Suddenly you realize you're, you're talking like your parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, suddenly, but my father is the one I would argue with all the time, you know, and I was always around my mother more. And the more I'm on my own <laughs> doing stuff, the more I understand my father. <laughs> you know, Isn't that something? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's true for me, but, uh, but, but it, I know what you mean. Uh, and I, I mean, what I want to do tonight, um, and how long is the show? I don't remember. About an hour. We can go more if you want, whatever. I'm good. Okay. Let's go an hour. Cause I had an interview this morning too. Um, okay. So what I want to do is everybody thinks when I say the word ge geoengineering, they immediately think chemtrails uh, and that's understandable. That's where it all started. In fact, I started 13 years ago. Um, back when I started, I joined, I became friends with one of the predominant scientists, Clifford Carnicum, who was probably the only independent scientist uh, studying what was coming down after the jets would pass. And he would see, being a trained scientist, he used to work for the Department of Defense. He worked for Bureau of Land Management. And then he finally figured out they were interested in stuff he was not interested in going where they were going. Mm -hmm. And he went off on his own. But he, would, uh, he could tell by the way the jets were flying up in the stratosphere. And that would be commercial jets too, not right. just military. He could tell it was no, it was no contrail, condensation trail. Let's take care of that one first. Most of the flights now 
the long spewing uh, trail behind the jets. That is a chemical trail. That is no contrail. That, that is far, far beyond water condensation. So what's going on now uh, in the fuel, yes, in the, in the engine chamber, uh, but also supplementary chemicals are being pay, uh, carried by even commercial jets under a project called Cloverleaf. And that's, that's about 30 years now, almost 30 years that this has been going on. I know the newspapers and, uh, you know, the weather programs and everything else is going to tell people that, well, you know, we may have to do geoengineering. We're not happy about it. We may have to spray sulfur. We may have to do this or that. But as we know, it's mainstream media and it's pretty much all lies because we have been doing geoengineering now for uh, in the program I'm examining about 30 years. So uh, let's just cut to the chase. And uh, what happened for me is I met Clifford Cardicum in New Mexico uh, when I was living there. And it was one of those destiny moments, I like to call it, where it was coincidental. We're just at the same breakfast and we start talking. And suddenly I find out that he is examining uh, the condensation that is coming down from the sky and uh, the detritus in his HEPA filter. And he's finding biologicals coming down from the sky in the wake of these jets. Uh, and biology was my undergrad second major. And, um, and I have a file on chemtrails and I have a file on HARP the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, the ionosphere, ionospheric heater up in Dakota, Alaska, that is just mm -hmm. a giant of a weapon system. So uh, those two files, I had them not because I was studying chemtrails, no way. I was working on the Sub Rosa America series and I had files, I had probably over 100 files on every aspect of American life that I would find uh, so that I could get a real handle on how much was sub rosa. The term sub rosa is from the Middle Ages, and it means under the rose. But what that meant then, it could have meant a house of prostitution. It could have also meant that it was hidden from the public. And that's the uh, way I use it in Sub Rosa America is the hidden America. The, mm -hmm. the history that nobody ever hears uh, is the one that I was after. So I began to, uh, with Clifford, and I began uh, with writing a book for a publisher who asked me if I thought I could write a book on chemtrails. And, uh, and that first book came out in 2014. And that was Chemtrails Harp and the full spectrum dominance of planet Earth. And, um, and that book really looks at weather and extreme weather we were having then. We had extreme weather for about 15 years where we had uh, hurricanes, uh, take uh, Katrina down in New Orleans. We had Sandy in New York. We had the Haitian uh, 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 hurricane south of us. And then we had Fukushima. All of those hurricanes I examine in detail in that first book, 
so the book also goes into one of the biologicals that Clifford latched onto where he was looking at um, what exactly these fibers were in what was coming down in the wake of these jets. And the, the fibers, when he was able to break into them, not easy because he, he's just a, a scientist on his own. He doesn't have all the expensive microscopes and the expensive machinery to do these things. But he found a way uh, through chemicals uh, in, or in, to get to break into the polymer sheathing, which is what the filament was, and get inside it and see the organs that were inside. And by the time he had examined them over the next 15, 20 years, he had discovered that they were completely bioengineered and that they had all three components, all three uh, bits of the, uh, the, the three uh, ways of categorizing life on earth. And um, so that was the first thing I did was that book. And then that book gave birth to another book through my being on, uh, on George Norrie's show, The mm -hmm. All-Nighter. Uh, and after I came away from that show, oh gosh, there must have been two or 300 people who emailed me one of whom was Billy Hayes, uh, known to be the harp man. That's kind of the moniker that he had because he was the team leader when they built uh, harp up in Alaska, the, uh, the ionosphere heater, the very giant one filled with acres of, um, of phased array antennas. Mm -hmm. And Billy contacted me and said, you know, reading, you know, hearing about your book is is like people have all said to me, Billy, you've been talking about this for years and here she's written a book on this. And so he said, I want to help you write the next one about where it's going from, from here. And that's when I wrote uh, Under an Ionized Sky mm -hmm. from Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown. And it was the space fence that Billy really, really helped me with. He himself, you may be interested to know, was an MKUltra survivor, victim of the program that the CIA started in the 50s uh, after we had brought the Nazis over, the engineers and scientists and doctors mm -hmm. uh, under Operation Paperclip. And, were, uh, and they came with all their records and all, of all their experiments that they had run in the concentration camps. So MKUltra was truly uh, a, a real seed, uh, a demon seed that was planted uh, in America and is, uh, I'm sorry to say, still going, but it now is mostly electronic uh, and uses hypnosis, drugs, and uh, pain induction uh, in the old way, not so much anymore, but they have their own pain induction now through targeting and they have their own uh, drugs mm -hmm. uh, because what you find in this Charlotte is when you begin examining all these pieces of the puzzle of the, how the environment has been weaponized and how the synthetic biology inside of us has to do with the Morgellons of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. All of it is connected. And that's, uh, that's my forte, by the way, as a researcher 
who studied historiography, which is how to write histories. I mean, I learned how to really, really research and go in where angels fear to tread uh, into patents, papers, uh, science uh, conventions, military, uh, uh, anything I can find from the military in order to put together a context as to how all this has been planned right up to the inoculation that is going on now. And it was all of a piece. And what the one player you find over and over and over again is Big Pharma. And by Big Pharma, I'm going all the way back to World War II when uh, IG Farben was in Germany and it was a huge then, I mean, we're talking the 30s, it was a huge corporation, uh, very powerful. They had already done World War I, which was really chemical warfare. That's what it was. It destroyed an entire generation of European youth. And, uh, and they had gone on to World War II and running all the chemicals for that as well. So we're still saddled with this uh, cartel, I call it, uh, because when IG Farben, when the war ended in 45, IG Farben then uh, split into several satellite corporations, mm-hmm. one of which was Bayer, one of which was Monsanto. And these chemical corporations, as you know, that's, that's who's putting all the chemicals into the jets that are flying uh, so that they can dump stuff on us that then we breathe, mm-hmm. we eat, and we drink. So, uh, so it all fits a piece. And when Billy, Billy came on board to guide me through all the electromagnetics, all the things that he was MK Ultra programmed to know how they worked, uh, he was invaluable to me. And we well, were real quick for people that don't get the whole thing with the contrails on, you know, the, the, the contrails on the jets. You know, there's people that don't look up and realize the difference. What is the difference between a normal contrail for jet and then a chemtrail contrail for jet? So if you're looking up and uh, first of all, if you see a contrail, it's very rare now. Your most fuel is all chemical. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not going to see that maybe in a small plane, a very small plane from a nice local uh, airport. Um, okay. So the contrail it begins about three to five feet behind the jet. It doesn't come straight out of the aft part of the uh, combustion chamber. And, uh, and, and when it comes out, it's a very short trail. And it will only last at the very most 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it dissipates because it's mostly water vapor. So it just dissipates. When you're looking at a chemtrail, or as I call them, chemical trail, mm-hmm. you're looking at uh, either, because I don't know how, uh, how much you look in the sky at these things, but you'll sometimes see one trail, you'll mm-hmm. see two trails, you can see two trails or four trails coming out of each wing. I mean, you could have as many as eight, 10 trails up there. I have seen them um, in a checkerboard pattern, too, where the planes are, are, are crossing each other and putting them up. Right, right. They will do that. They, they will make patterns. Uh, but now it's getting much more surreptitious. Okay. Uh, a lot of chemicals are being laid 
Oh, but let me finish the. Uh, yeah, the yeah. I just want to clarify what they were because some people don't look. No, up no, it's good. It's good. So for the, yeah. the chemical trail can be very long, and it'll last. It can last thirty minutes, uh, an hour, as it's fed and fed and fed, and then it dissipates out and forms what in yesteryear we would have called a cirrus cloud cover. But this is not real cirrus. This is not, these are not even real clouds up there, I'm telling you. Because of what HARP uh, was able to do, and that's super important, HARP and the entire purpose of the Air Force, the Navy, and Raytheon and Lockheed Martin running that program was that it finally controlled the ionosphere. The story fed to the public was that the the whole thing of the HARP uh, building and then experimentation uh, by DARPA was actually uh, not at all about submarine communication. That was the story they told the public. No, 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 it wasn't about that. It was about breaking into the ionosphere with all those hundreds of uh Phased array antennas up in Alaska. You could mm -hmm. you could look at a picture. If I had my um, if I had my PowerPoint up, I'd show you a picture of HARP. But it is uh, it is acreage of just endless phased array antennas. You you all should be concerned about phased array antennas because one, they're being put up everywhere in our smart cities, and they're different from the old antennas like the, for the 2.4 gigahertz, uh, 3, uh, 3, 3G, 4G that we've had, uh, because the phased array antennas do not radiate out as an energy. No, they are very much a beam weapon system. And so uh, that's what HARP does. That's what an iPhone, a 5G, and a 4G plus iPhone do. They have phased array antennas in them. They are weapon systems. This is why I do not own a cell phone at all, never will, never have. Um, so when uh, the HARP experiments went on, what they really accomplished, and there I have footage of, of a Senate meeting in Alaska where it is admitted that HARP is uh, com com completely controls the ionosphere. Then what happened is they, they, they break into the ionosphere, stimulate all the atoms up there so that the electrons are popping off of the atoms. And all of those uh, electrons become very electrified, which is what ions really means. And then they are drawn down into our atmosphere to ionize our atmosphere. The purpose of ionizing our atmosphere? Well, for all the wireless uh, activity that we now have, a lot of people immediately think, oh, cell phones, uh, movies, fast downloads, etc." No, the, the, primarily, look at all that as dual use. That's a military term. It means that civilians can use it and they, it can be used for military uh, operations. And, and intelligence, you have to include intelligence in that. So now we have an atmosphere, as Clifford Carnicum um, ascertained with plenty of uh, experiments that he ran, 
in reading uh, atmospheric pressures and things and the mm -hmm. composition of the atmosphere. We have an entirely different atmosphere now than we had, say, 30 years ago. Uh, and we're breathing it. So what's coming down is what I concentrate on in both books. Yes, mm -hmm. I do. But primarily in the second book, what I'm looking at is the space fence lockdown, which we would call smart grid lockdown. And, um, and looking at all the, uh, the uh, microwave towers, the iPhones, the 60 hertz in the walls, uh, all of the electronic items that we seem to think we can't live without, all, all of the uh, net, next rads that are near radio stations, these, uh, all the platform that Lockheed Martin owns the patents for mm -hmm. was all about sandwiching us between satellites and a lot of um, heavy metals, nano-sized nano heavy metals dumped up in the stratosphere. And down here, all of the instrumentation by which the electromagnetics of top and bottom are most intense in between, which is where we live. And that's, that's what we've been living in. And so I think when I, when I wrote the third book, which just came out last October in 2021. Um, the title of that one is Geoengineered Transhumanism, mm -hmm. how, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism, and nanotechnology for, very important word there, for synthetic biology. And now in this book, which is longer than either of the other two books. In fact, I would say this book is as long as both of the other books put together, 650 or so pages. We learn how all of this intentionality by Big Pharma primarily, but the military serves Big Pharma, um, their purpose was all along to make the earth environment inimical to the natural human being so that medica, the medical industry and big pharma can make a fortune of profits off of people's endless illness, endless uh, uh, terrible autoimmune conditions that really 30 years ago just were not here. Mm -hmm. Autism was low. Uh, all of the things that come from what we are breathing and what is electromagnetically stimulated in the ionized atmosphere now, uh, it was, was just not here. And it, you have to see, and I prove it, I'm, I'm convinced, and so are readers who've read the whole books even, even uh, now, um, that uh, it's all of one intent to head humanity toward uh, transhumanism and to completely control the uh, planet under what's called the doctrine of full spectrum dominance. Well, when you talk about electromagnetic fields, I've, you know, as a ghost hunter, I'm dealing yeah. with stuff all the time. I get into people's houses and you go in and the EMF is off the charts, off the charts. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people are living in cages and they don't understand why they're hallucinating and all this is going on. You wow. know, that's, that's one of the chief side effects of, of too much, you know, EMF is, is they start hallucinating and 
not sleeping and all this stuff happens and paranoia and all this, you know, so I, I understand perfectly what you're talking about. So when you go into these houses, you have your own equipment with you, right? Mm -hmm. What I'm wondering is, according to directionality and, and the strength of the fields that you're encountering, does it seem like it's just from the items in their house, these electromagnetic items, or is there another beam system coming in and stimulating those fields? I've run into both. Yeah. We had a house that when the power was turned off, the EMF went high. Wow. Okay, so so that's what I'm wondering is how many of these people are actually being targeted right. uh, by people who have power over the 5G, particularly the 5G systems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've run into both where with the lights and stuff on, you know, or their, or their clock. You know what's bad? Or like uh, we found that um, bedside radio clocks yeah. are horrible. And anybody that has like those, those, those beds that are supposed to be so comfy for you, those Niagara adjustable beds, just full of EMF. Just no, and, and, and I, I do say that to people when they start wanting to know what, what the remedies are, what they can do mm -hmm. to be safer. The first thing I always say, besides do an inventory of your electromagnetic yeah. toys and see what you can do without, because yeah. uh, all of that stuff is dual use and can be used by the clever who have access to, uh, to 5G systems. I also say, if you're sleeping on one of those comfy beds with lots of springs in it, metal springs, you don't want that. You, you want, because all those springs can be used as antennas for okay. e, uh, EMF systems. So, you know, I sleep on a futon on a wooden frame uh, and have no metal in my bed. I also have no uh, electromagnetic toys in there. Uh, and thanks for saying that about the bedside uh, elect electric clocks. Yeah. I mean, you know, better to get one of those little battery travel clocks for your alarm uh, than than that. Well, look what happened when they started installing smart meters. Yeah. What a mess. I had one of the psychics on my team living in an apartment. They put a smart meter just outside her window. She started seeing the she started seeing gray beings in her apartment. Wow. Just from the smart meter. Did she uh I mean, we're not going to argue about this, but did she think that they were actually plasma? They would have been plasma if they were real. It, did she think they were real and they were sort of like radio uh, reception coming in as a as a certain frequency so that yeah. she could actually see them? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. not 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 holograms or no, not no, 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 being no, no. broadcast. These were three three dimensional, you know, things yeah. she was seeing in her apartment. And it's after, and it didn't happen at all until after they put the smart meter in. So doesn't that mean that these entities, uh, like the Greys, mm -hmm. uh, really love, they must love electromagnetics? To feed off of that, which, which is interesting because when you look at, like, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, what happens? They suck the power out of the cars. They're sucking the power out of this. You know, the lights are going out in, in, in the cities and stuff. And so, yeah, so they must be just sucking up that, 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 that electricity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yet another reason to examine your relationship with electromagnetics, because uh, the, the bodies we have now, our natural human bodies, are not, uh, they, 
electromagnet, you know, people will often say to me um, that he, the body is electromagnetic. That's not quite true. Uh, of course, I'm a Steiner person, so let me tell you what Steiner says. He, he says that at birth, uh, we have a being, an electromagnetic being called a doppelganger, yes. enter us at the first breath we take of the Earth atmosphere. And the doppelganger will live in our body right along our spinal column. Mm -hmm. That's where it lives uh, for uh, all of our life until three days before we're going to die. And then it will abandon us. And so those last few days, uh, often I've heard people describing uh, irascible or cranky uh, dads or grandpas. And the last few days, they just turn into lambs. Mm -hmm. So the idea, says Steiner, is that the, the doppelganger comes into our bodies because our bodies are really... They, yes, they have etheric, the, the ether is very rich in us. And the ether is uh, the, um, the substance, it's not quite a substance, but it is, uh, that is alive, like elan vital, uh, the, the key or chi, uh, Chinese say. And uh, Wilhelm Reich described it as orgone. Uh, mm -hmm. We have, we're very rich in that because we're living organisms. Uh, but when the uh, with the doppelganger in there, we do have this stream of electromagnetism for the nervous system. So our brains work. So we can think uh, by sort of I think of the brain as a diving board. So we can make these dives, uh, either, uh, you know, pedestrian types of dives like at five o'clock, I need to make a phone call or a, a much more extraordinary dive. Uh, mm -hmm. like thinking about quantum physics or mathematics. So um, that idea that uh, we have this magnetic being in us, electronic and magnetic, electromagnetic uh, being, uh, is uh, I think I first experienced it, and I'm sure you are around it a lot if you're going into haunted situations. Right. Uh, I experienced it at eight years old or nine years old, when my mother remarried and uh, strangely took me on their honeymoon with them. And we went up into the White Mountains in New Hampshire uh, to see the old man in the mountain, which by the way is no longer there. Uh, but we're all standing up high, high, high in the mountains. And at that time they did not have the fencing that they now have, which goes pretty far up. Mm -hmm. At that time they just had a sort of, uh, a a barrier that you could have stepped over it easily. And I was a little girl and I was, I was over by the barrier kind of like looking out and looking down just to scare myself a little bit. And at that moment, I heard the voice inside me say, go ahead, jump, jump. Oh. And that was really the first time in retrospect, I realized it. It was the first time I actually heard from my double that uh, that had this cool idea to just send me down there. Uh, fortunately, I didn't uh, I didn't do it. Um, but uh, but the double is real, and we have many very scary stories of doubles. And I often wonder, like even in houses where you're going, where there there's a haunting, mm -hmm. uh, if the double is involved in it, 
because that that very much sounds like the double style. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. There's a question in the chat room, which is kind of interesting, and I know we've run into this too. What about natural resources such as quartz? Well, uh, for what? For like, for, for like, you know, because because it can have an effect as well on 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 people as well. Like, you know, if there's water running through quartz, one thing we, we run into too is you get EMF with if like like in cave country where there's water run, running over quartz areas. And you'll pull high EMF off that. Yeah. And I think that the water that falls, like, say, from a chemical rain, because most of the rain we get now is chemical, I'm sorry to say. Okay. Uh, for people who like to go out and take a nice walk in warm rain, okay. I highly suggest you don't do it the first hour and a half, hour mm -hmm. and a half of, out of the rain. But certainly, if, if there is quartz involved and crystals, other crystals, then you can have uh, all sorts of electromagnetic effects. Yeah, it's hitting off yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a course on the, on the underground. Yeah. Cool, so, cool, cool. The other thing I was going to say, you know, you talk about different items in your house, you know, high EMF. These light bulbs are pushing on us. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Go over to if, uh, Janelle. Janelle will have an EMF meter. Anybody that has an EMF meter, walk over. I'm not talking the old style light bulbs, I'm talking the new style light bulbs walk over to your lamp and turn your emf meter on that's right and and that brings up a very important okay so i'm thinking you're talking about the leds yes you're talking about the curly q light bulbs yeah. that are so yeah. cheap which you know they even say if I, I had to laugh if you break one of these quickly leave the room and shut the door because that mercury is being released. So it's like, why would I want a light bulb that I have to run out of the room if I if I crack it? So uh, no, I use full spectrum bulbs. I pay the extra, and uh, I I it's an investment in my long range health, and I I I don't mind at all. The LEDs are particularly pernicious, though. I want to say this uh, because they are pulsing. And it's the pulsing that is the primary problem, besides the fact that it's not full spectrum. It's just the white, mm -hmm. the white end of the pulsing spectrum. drives me insane, too. Yeah. And yeah. They, uh, a lot of people have them as inserts in their living rooms. And I, I just can't even believe it. I mean, I, I walk in there and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. Uh, because eventually there will be cancer. There will be all sorts of things. Uh, it's the pulsing that is particularly dangerous because mm -hmm. we are resonant beings. And um, that's a really wonderful thing because we can resonate with a fine piece of classical music. We can have an amazing whole body experience uh, sexually. We can have a whole body experience looking at a beautiful piece of art in a, in a museum. We, we, I love being a resonant being. The problem is that my body will possibly, if the, if the frequency is at a certain pitch, it will start resonating with whatever frequency is being beamed into me. And that is, uh, that's the problem. A guy in England named uh, Mark, uh, what's Mark's last name? Um, he lives in Gateshead, which is mm -hmm. a community in the north of England. And uh, he went on the internet uh, repetitively talking about the LED 
lamps and lights that they were putting in in his area. And now we have them all through the United States. Yes. Those are the ones that are sort of oblong shaped, and you'll particularly see them at the tops of very high poles out on freeways and parkways. Those are uh, <clears throat> really bad news. And they, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but they'll go on when you're approaching. And then when you've passed, they will go off. So mm -hmm. they obviously uh, know when we're there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the pulsations uh, really pulse us. And uh, and that that simply, please do not have LEDs. I suppose in a flashlight you could have one. because I learned my lesson. I had one up in my bathroom. Um, when they die, oh my gosh, when they die, they will pop. Oh, they do. And they make a god awful sound. Then you're wondering what it is. Then it then it smells like there's there's something on fire, like there's a short. Now that's the LEDs. Yeah, not the curly guys. No, that's okay. the LEDs when they go. No kidding. See, I I never allow. Yeah, them. I was thinking there was a fire or something in my bathroom, and it turns out the bulb died because I was standing there and I kept hearing this popping noise, you know, this crackling popping thing, and I thought, oh my god, there's a short somewhere or something's going on, you know. And it turns out the LED, and then all of a sudden, you, you and there was no smoke or nothing. You could just smell this, this smell. It's insane. You know, when I was taking photography back in the, back, okay, in the late 80s, we'll say that. And I remember, you know, fluorescent lights. And I remember, because it wasn't digital cameras. It was, man, you know, SLR cameras. In order to compensate for the colors, you had to use a green filter because it wasn't natural light. Right. And what I'm noticing with photography now is that everything has gone LED. Because everything's, gone, light. everything's gone curly light too. And the problem is it's it's not natural light. It's, it, it doesn't give off a natural glow. No, it's in the in the blue end of the spectrum. Yeah, it's, it's 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 ridiculous to use. Yeah, like my spotlight here. I got a regular bulb over here as my spotlight. I can't stand the other things. Well, yeah, and and incandescents are available again. I mean, for a long time it was very hard to find them, but now they're all over the place. And yeah. uh, and definitely do. I I buy these full spectrum uh, light bulbs, so they have the 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 red end of the spectrum and the blue end of the spectrum involved, and that. Uh, yes, it's. I'm so used to it now. I can. I'm very sensitive to the light. I'm glad you brought lights up. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had my know, moments, yeah. Oh, just I wanted to tell you that sometimes if people are saying seeing two suns in the sky or two mm -hmm. moons in the sky, if you look closely at one or the other, you'll see that the sun that is our sun, the actual star that is ours. Uh, is a sort of golden light and uh, has a round perimeter. If you look at the other one, it is no doubt a solar simulator, which is completely nothing but masses of LED bulbs in hexagonal panels. And if you notice the quality of the light is is very white. I mean, exceedingly light, white, like those terrible LED Oh, nasty. Headlights that are have been allowed, which can hypnotize you. Uh, really terrible, terrible idea. And then around the edge of the solar simulator, you'll see a sort of raggedy edge. It will not be a smooth round at all because you're looking at hexagonal panels. 
So um, just just to let people know that that really does exist. It really does. And that, that uh, we still have our sun and not to worry. Here's a question with all the stuff that they're putting into the atmosphere. You know, they're always honest about the ozone layer. Is this stuff affecting the ozone layer at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the fellow who designed the cover of my third book uh, is ha, is a, an expert on ozone. So, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, I have some horror stories that aren't hauntings, but are actually geoengineered projects, such as the day a few um, years ago, uh, I think it was 2009, I want to say, or eight, um, our entire magnetosphere, which is 22,000 kilometers up, went like a pancake and totally collapsed for three hours. Wow. And it was not allowed in the news. Uh, it was only in retrospect that you could find sort of rumors here and there and see little teeny weeny uh, commentaries because they're constantly experimenting now. Now that they have the atmosphere ionized, which basically means the atmosphere is like a battery or, uh, or uh, uh, like something, uh, an antenna. Um, now that they have that and they can control the ionosphere as to how much ionization to bring in and et cetera, they're doing all sorts of experiments with our plasma sun uh, that they're saying is due to CMEs and solar flares and blah, blah, blah. And, and yet it's not that, it's them. This is my problem with the whole global warming climate change cover story mm -hmm. is that there is truth in the fact that there is a warming that goes on when you're using ionosphere heaters. It will warm the atmosphere quite well. Uh, and then climate change, yes, the climate is being changed would be the way I would put it. Right. Uh, it's not changing naturally. No, no, it's being changed. And so that's what I want is I want to bring this whole issue just for the geoengineering part, not even the synthetic biology part, mm -hmm. bring it to people's attention that we need to really, um, really say to ourselves, wow, what am I seeing? Like right. you look up, you see two suns. Or you look up and you see this raggedy edge sun right. with very blindingly white light. Uh, you know, to learn enough about the technology that now exists and is not science fiction uh, to know what you're looking at so that you're not making up stories of, um, of well, like aliens and uh, right, right. all that. It, it, we, we've got enough confusion going on through the disinformation that is constantly spewed out by the mainstream media uh, and NASA uh, in order that, that we, um, we really need to get very, uh, a little sharper. And I know it's, it sounds crazy that I'm saying that because never have I seen so much mind control uh, on a broad scale as I see now, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's my town or somebody else's town or, or whatever is going on. Um, we've seen too much TV. We've been, Program. I mean, they even call it programs and mm -hmm. programming on TV. I mean, it's like it's right in our face that we're being programmed. Uh, and now we have these, uh, most people have these iPhones that are programming them. And again, that, that programming process is done through a, a, um, a very sophisticated uh, 
pulsing frequencies type of technology. And it's the pulsing that is going to get us, by pulsing certain frequencies, they can change our behavior, they can change our thoughts, they can change our emotions and our feelings. Uh, it's important to know something about how this works. Mm -hmm. You don't need a PhD, you don't need to be a rocket scientist, you just need to understand a little bit of how these technologies work so that you can you can safeguard yourselves, your children, your grandchildren, etc. Very important. Well, you know what's really strange, and this is fun, weird to bring up. Well, well, first off, I agree with Athena. Athena says that you know because she lives in um, North Carolina, and like she'll say, it'll you wake up, it's a beautiful blue sky, early, early in the morning, and then they start flying. Like she says, she's seen the checkerboard pattern, and then it's hazy. You know, you never, get a, you never get a clear, clear sky because of all this. But the other point I was going to make, and this is kind of silly, but it's not silly. When you say that people need to understand how they could program you, Friday the 13th did that movie. Not Friday the 13th, Halloween. One of the Halloween movies did this thing where they were making these masks. And they were, kill of, course, of course, they were killing people with these masks. But what it was is they had like a metal piece on the, on the mask and the kids would be watching TV. And they would send a message through the TV that would come through the mask. And it was a pulsating message. Because the metal was like an antenna. Yeah, the metal was like an antenna. And that's the, the type of masks that most people wear now and are yeah. required in places of business where yeah. mask is still required. It has that that piece of antenna across the yeah. top. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, hello, let's yep. wake up. This yep. is an electromagnetic era. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when they say they want the doctrine of full spectrum dominance, that's a very important phrase. And I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, sure. it, it, is, it is about the electromagnetic spectrum. And when you look at an electromagnetic spectrum with gamma rays, uh, gamma waves at one end and radio waves at the other end, and then you have all of these other different frequencies in between, you look at what our visual ranges, the human visual range, and it's tiny. It's a little teeny weeny wedge. And so all this is going on. I mean, you know that because you're doing hauntings where you're encountering entities that have bodies or embodiments that are at certain frequencies. Right, right. They don't have bodies like ours. Right. Uh, they have, um, well, I think they're plasma. They're made of plasma. Because I go back to the photographs that uh, Wilhelm Reich, MD, took back in the 50s mm -hmm. with infrared film out in the Mojave Desert. You can still see those. And he saw entities all the way around in the sky. Massive, massive. I'll have to look that up. That's cool. And uh, also uh, Trevor Constable, who very much studied Reich, and, uh, you know, and Reich was murdered, of course. Uh, but Trevor also did the same thing. He took infrared film, went in the, to the Mojave Desert, and took photos of the same entities, what, 20-some years later after Reich had done that. And what they look like is so funny because I had this biology background, right? So I used to spend a lot of time in the lab looking through the microscope, just 200 power or something, uh, at microbes, and they look like these little blobby things and that's exactly what these these large entities that look sort of like balloons up there. They're very big, 
and sometimes fuzzy. Uh, Trevor has some wonderful pictures in his book, The Cosmic Pulse of Life, where they even have little eyes. I don't know if they really have eyes or if they just mm -hmm. thought, well, if humans look at us, we really should have some eyes. So they'll, mm -hmm. they'll think we're looking through the eyes. I don't know. But these are, these are real entities and they have a different frequency than ours. Uh, and, you know, to me, that's what it's all about is uh -huh. uh, frequency and the pulsing. And the pulsing is essential when you're looking at mind control uh, because we are resonant beings and we unfortunately or fortunately will begin to resonate with whatever frequency is being uh, sent our way. That's spooky. Well, it is it, because I, I explained the double thing. Uh, right. so that people no longer think we are naturally electromagnetic. We're not really naturally electromagnetic, except we naturally have a double in all of us when we're after we're born. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but we are naturally etheric or have ether. And if you go deep into space, they'll tell you that I think the, the, what they say is 95% of all space is plasma. Well, that's not exactly true. Plasma is considered the fourth state of matter. But really, the more I began to read about it and read and read and read, uh, I realized, no, that plasma is not the fourth state of matter. It's actually the first state of matter. And what happens in space is you have all this ether. It's, you know, 99.9% .9 of all space, other than planets and stars and things, uh, is all um, ether. And uh, we used to use the term ether in science until the mm -hmm. 1920s. And then uh, it was banned by the scientism uh, nuts that took over science at that time and began to politicize it and, you know, became, made it dishonest. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the ether is in the, uh, in the universe and then suddenly there's an electromagnetic event. Maybe it's a Birkeland current. Maybe it's mm -hmm. an Alvin wave, whatever it is. It kind of zaps that bit of ether. And then the, that together, that makes the beginning of matter. And now you have plasma. And then the plasma, if it gets into an atmosphere like ours, uh, or maybe another planet too, uh, it will begin to sort of densify, 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 densify. And then you have the incarnation or the entry of, um, you know, some sort of being, an, uh -huh. either an entity that's non-human or anti-human or, or a human being. So to me, the, when you see these uh, things in the haunted houses, uh -huh. um, I would think that they have plasma bodies. I can even, my grandmother was a Romanian gypsy. She was a Roma. And she was clairvoyant. I am not clairvoyant. I'm very clear on that. But I, I do have a sort of uh, peripheral vision thing that goes on where I can actually, you know, you, you know how you see something and then you go like that and it's mm -hmm. gone, right? Or you can't see it anymore because you're looking full on. Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And then I also can sometimes feel dead people. I think mm -hmm. they're dead uh, standing behind me. And they're not, they're not scary. They're not bad, dead people. <laughs> they're probably relatives or friends of mine who've, who've gone beyond the threshold or something. Because mm -hmm. Rudolf Steiner is very clear that the dead are always with you. 
um, they're they're just there. They're right there because they're not burdened anymore by uh, right. physical body. Okay, so do you want me to go to the synthetic biology part now? Because you know, we have so much fun talking about hauntings and things that I'm coming up on an hour here. So did, did you want to stay on just an hour or you want to continue? No, I should just stay on an hour. I you know, I'm you sort know, of endless. Let's so. schedule you another night. How's that? Well, that'd be good. Let's you get you back. You you think I still fit in your show? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Absolutely, yeah. I would, I just want to say to people, and then I'll talk about where they can get the books. Okay. Um, uh, I want to say to people that um, this inoculation drama going on now is absolutely connected to what is going on in the sky because it's the same player, Big Pharma. And what is being dumped on us and that we're breathing in on a nano scale, and that's super important because because it's on a nanoscale, it can easily slip through the blood-brain barrier. And then it will remain in the body because it is connected to radio frequency um, uh, that is being run by somebody on a laptop, I would guess in Colorado Springs or maybe mm -hmm. somewhere else. And uh, those, those nanobots inside of me, inside of you, inside of everyone who breathes this earthly air now, uh, it can be programmed from a distance and can be very useful for turning us into transhumans, okay? Turning us into something that is not so human anymore. And that that's where the book goes. And that's the important part is why am I out here beating the, you know, my drum uh, over and over and over again? Because I am concerned that humanity will not, survive this machination, this machining of uh, the human body through genetics and through nanotechnology. So I just wanted to be clear on that. Okay, so get the books. You can get them at Amazon. How can people find you? Well, they can find me uh, through ilanafreeland.com. That's my, my website. My webmistress does a beautiful job there. Um, and I am posting every morning on the one site that Facebook still allows me, it's called EMF Planetary Engineering. Uh, I, I post a lot of things. And then uh, on gab.com, I am at the, you go up to the top and press groups. And I am a group called uh, Geoengineered Transhumanism with Ilana Freeland. Both places I post every morning. Uh, and then for getting the books, you can go through Amazon for the Chemtrails Heart book from 2014, for the Under an Ionized Sky from 2018. And you can even get a black and white edition of Geoengineered Transhumanism. But if you want a color edition of, and I recommend it because it's 60 illustrations, uh, of the uh, Geoengineered Transhumanism, you have to go to the Rudolf Steiner bookstore, a very small bookstore in Seattle. You can find it on the web, Seattle, Washington, uh, and order a book from there and it will be sent to you. Okay, cool. No, I want to continue this conversation. So I, 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 I would you like to come back on? Sure. Give me some time. Cause I'm, okay. I'm pretty booked. I, I'm, uh, by the way, I'm speaking next month at the red pill, uh, Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and, you know, I'm sort of prepping for that. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. We'll do that. 
thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Charlotte. It's been really fun. It's been a blast. You have a good evening, okay? Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. I have been waiting to get somebody on like her for a long time. I mean, this goes back to my blog talk radio days to get somebody to talk about chemtrails and stuff. I definitely want to get her back on to talk about stuff because there's still things to talk about. You know, like, yes, they, they are trying to do things to our health and they are this. There's actually pictures online that you can go on and see these planes. You know, if, if you do enough searching, these planes that have these big vats on them before they take off. Now, do I think it's actually happening? Who knows? But you got to have an open mind for everything. Tomorrow, we're shifting gears again. Donna Anderson is going to be with us. Donna Anderson married what she thought was Mr. Wonderful, and Mr. Wonderful turned into a sociopath. He took he took something like two hundred twenty seven thousand dollars from her, lied about his lied about his background, his family, and all that stuff, and he cheated on her, married someone else when he was married to her, that kind of thing. So she's going to be on to tell her story. She's written eight books about so about how to deal with sociopaths because she's out trying to help people. You know, if, if they're stuck in a, in a relationship with one or if they're, you know, to just how to watch out for, for, you know, for one in a relationship that they're in and avoid it. So she's going to be with us tomorrow at 630 to tell her story. So be sure to be there. Be here for that. Now, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. Especially for the ones on the RSS feed. Thursday. We are going to have the guy, the gentleman who owns Harold the Haunted doll is going to be on thursday all right harold the haunted doll and harold the haunted doll has a sinister a reputation as the other famous haunted doll my mind is like jello i forgot i'm sorry i'm, st I'm still thinking about things up in the sky right now but that's going to be a show to watch too so we've got two really good shows coming up plus nancy's on friday and nancy's going to be in the special we're going to have that special reading on Saturday with Nancy over at California Haunts Ghostly Events. So you guys can check that out. Five-minute read, 1099. All right. But, uh, yeah, so Donna Anderson is going to be with us to talk about sociopaths. And then Harold the Haunted Doll story is going to be here Friday. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought this was really informative. I do want to get her back on again because I would like to continue the conversation. And the thing is, a lot of people don't look up in the sky. They don't notice these things because by the time they get up in the mornings, they've already done their business up in the sky. I've seen them do it um, at like 6, 7 in the morning, just after sunup. And I've also seen them do it. Sometimes they'll do it in the afternoons. I've seen them do it at like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. But you have to look up. And like Athena says, hers was in a checkerboard pattern. I've seen them do the checkerboard pattern over Sacramento. Or big giant squares, you know, because they're always doing it in some kind of grid when they do do this. So it's something to look up and see. And you'll know right away. And again, the stuff doesn't dissipate. It, it, does, it doesn't go away right, right away after the plane spews it out. It sits there. And think about that. You know, for people that fly kites, right? Anybody that's gone kite flying. You get so far up off the ground and there's wind. That's why your kites can go up so high. Well, think of all the wind that's up there. And these, these chemtrail things get up there and they hang in the air like 30 minutes. And all that high wind. So imagine what it, what what's keeping them up there. <laughs> like like chemtrail Velcro, I don't know. But, you know, whatever's keeping them up there. 
So it's it's food for thought. So if you if you if you, if you happen to get up early enough in the morning, just look up, look up and see if there's anything up there moving, you know, in, in, in odd angles and stuff. And I guarantee you're going to see something. It may not be every day. It used to be certain days that they, that they would pick in certain areas to do it. But you you will see them doing it. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow at six thirty. And let me let me get in here here. Push my buttons. There we go. And I'm going to show you where to get a hold of her and the books that you can pick up of hers. And I see there's an angry emoji. I hope that's because somebody didn't like the topic or I don't know. It's the second angry emoji in, in a week. Maybe it's a good sign. Maybe it's a bad sign. Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies because I'm equal. I like this to be equal opportunity here at California House Radio. Again, if you're watching from YouTube, Please hit the uh, subscribe button. Uh, we we are eclectic, like she says. We have a lot of different types of shows on. I mean, this week's a perfect example of that. You know, we went yesterday. We were the the lady that that that, that draws portraits of the dead. Now we're doing chemtrails tomorrow. Sociopaths. You know, we're gonna do Harold the doll, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Down the line. I mean, that that tells you how how eclectic the show is. And if you're watching from Facebook, please hit the follow button. And if you're watching from Twitch, please hit the follow button. We want to get we want to get the word out there about this show. Uh, YouTube shows us no love, unfortunately. All right, and uh, you see that thing along the bottom? That's because uh, as a paranormal group, we do not take money for our services. We take donations. So, as a retired journalist, this comes out of everything you see here: mic, headphones, lights, cameras, action, whatever, comes out of my pocket. Just like all the paranormal equipment that, that that we have to help people out, so I could use a little help too. And uh, you can do that at PayPal.me at California Haunts. I love this show. I love doing it. I want to keep the show on the air. I didn't even think we'd get this far. You know, the twenty third is going to be our two hundred show in this format. So I didn't even think we'd get this far with the show. But yeah, here we are. You know, and I'd like to keep it on the air and keep the guests coming. And I think you guys enjoyed enough to do that too. So if you could help me out a little bit, PayPal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're not a PayPal person, Venmo, and then just type in California Haunts. Any little bit would help. Pay for the internet, whatever. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming, and I will see you tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And here's our information. Websites, ilanafreeland.com and Ilana Freeland on Facebook. Books, Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And you've got Geoengineering Transhumanism, Under an Ionized Sky, from Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown. Sub Rosa America, and I've got all the versions listed of that. Those are all the different versions. She's got, I think, four. I think there's four, four, um, four books in that series. And of course, you can get that at Amazon. So again, thank you everybody for coming. I really appreciate it, and I will see you tomorrow at six thirty. Have a nice night.